Hey, Tim, you want to play a game? Yeah, let's play a game. If I were to tell you that 29 degrees Fahrenheit translates to 15 degrees Celsius, is that a true statement or a false statement? I, I guess I could just take your word for it. Let's walk through this a bit. What is the freezing point in Celsius? Zero. And what is the freezing point in Fahrenheit? 32. So when I tell you that it's 29 degrees Fahrenheit and that equals 15 degrees Celsius, is that true or false? Oh, yeah, false. (laughs) See? Now, if I told you that it is 80 degrees outside and 32 degrees Celsius, you kind of have to just take my word for it, right? Okay, yeah, that's a little harder. Welcome to The Language Game. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott Brady. Today we're going to be talking about knowledge and the origins of knowledge. Without knowing anything about the scale of Celsius besides just these two figures, we just figured it out from knowledge we've known from before. We didn't have to go out there and and observe it. We use deductive reasoning, Tim. I see what you're saying. So let's pretend then that I didn't know the freezing point of Celsius, then I guess the way I would have to do it is by measuring the temperature outside using a thermometer, hopefully one that has both units of measurement on it. Yeah, and line them up. You're going out there to experience some knowledge, which we would say is inductive reasoning. Sure. To take a step back real quick, I think what we've done is we've made an attempt at answering a question, how is it possible for anyone to know anything at all? Some great thinkers of our past have basically divided up two different ways of obtaining knowledge, those primarily being inductive and deductive reasoning. Inductive reasoning is a type of knowledge that is obtained based on experience, and deductive reasoning is a type of knowledge that you can gain by simply using logic to make connections about things that you already know. We could say it in like, if A, then B, If all tigers are cats, we can say if something is a tiger, then it must be a cat. We could also do it in the contrapositive proof. If it's not a cat, then it's not a tiger. I think we can maybe put this even a little more abstract. If you have any object, call it object A, and we'll say that object A is bigger than object B, and object B is bigger than object C, By using deductive reasoning, we could assume safely that object A is bigger than object C. I think that would be a good exercise of a priori or deductive reasoning. With information we can take in, we can use the power of deductive reasoning to just root out some of the information we already know to be true to determine if something else somebody says is true. Whereas a lot of times we can frame certain statements where it kind of plays a trick on our brain. Even though we have this prior knowledge, like our initial example, immediately when I told you that you were, well, I don't know Celsius, I don't know how to convert it, so I don't know if it's true or not, but you did have that knowledge. We just had to like root it out and just take a moment to like think about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I broke it down in a way to take deductive and inductive reasoning and make it more logical in my head, make it sound right, because inductive can sound a bit abstract. And I took the root word out of it, which is induce. And induce was a lot more familiar for me 
when you induce something, it's a verb. It's an actual action opposed to the adjective, which is inductive. With inductive reasoning, we get a sensation from the world. It's induced into us. So in other words, something we observe. When I use the word observe, it's not specifically something to do with just vision. We can use any of our senses to induce information from the world, like, you know, smelling, tasting, hearing, or even just feeling something. So to put it simply, could we say that inductive reasoning is a way of obtaining knowledge based on experience? Based on experience, exactly. I mean, when we use inductive reasoning, we're answering the why to something the world has given to us or induced into us. We do rely so heavily on inductive reasoning. It's the reasoning we use in everyday life. Where this leads us and where it fruits is an emphasis on generalized conclusion that's not necessarily true or not necessarily will be true, whereas deductive reasoning, when we're doing this top-down logic, always like fruit something that's true. Going along with our weather story here, if you go outside and see some dark clouds in the distance, you can use your inductive reasoning to conclude that it might rain later. You're taking that observation and making a generalized conclusion about it. But as we know with weather, it's a little complicated. It doesn't mean it will rain. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point to make. I think a lot of people lean on inductive reasoning, especially nowadays in a world of science and technology where, you know, you hear a bit of news and if you want to know whether or not it's true, like you said, the first thing you do is Google it. You try to do your own fact checking. That's a good practice to have. To, to not just take something as fact, but if you're unsure about it, actually just go back and check it. But not all arguments require that type of fact checking. In fact, you can just invalidate a particular claim that someone's making by just using deductive reasoning. Like in your initial example about the temperature outside, if you can just ask yourself, what knowledge do I already have about the information I'm getting? And then you can put the argument into a format like this. You gave two examples, a direct proof and a contrapositive proof. These go by other names too in classical logic. The direct proof is also known as a modus ponens argument, and the contrapositive is known as a modus tollens. Um, those are just other names. It doesn't matter really what you call it. Hey, by the way, this isn't exactly the same thing. They are very similar, almost the same, but not quite the same. It's probably something to look up if you're interested in finding out what the difference actually is. But the idea here is that you have a particular construction of ideas, and if you use this same construction with other elements, you can arrive at some valid conclusion. We want to step back for a second, think about it, see if we can use knowledge we already have to come to a conclusion, lay down our facts, lay down our past knowledge and apply it to our current situation. And then if we can't come to a conclusion, if that system fails us because either we don't have sufficient knowledge of that yet, then we can use our observation and take in more information to try to come to a conclusion instead of just hearing a statement and ending that statement with, oh, well, you said this, so now I think this. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point to make. You know, I think maybe a, if we conclude with a takeaway in logical philosophy, philosophers will use a term called first principles. The idea of these first principles is, is that you have some bit of knowledge in the back of your mind that is sort of atomic, right? In a sense, like it's an atomic fact. The best example I could give is uh, it's that landmark that I was referring to, right? If you know that 
32 degrees Fahrenheit is equal to zero degrees Celsius, then you can save that little tidbit of knowledge and use it later to help you in determining a condition of some other statement about the temperature of the weather outside. You could use that first principle. Yeah, you can know that if any temperature, any temperature below 32 degrees Fahrenheit will be a negative number in Celsius. And that's all you need to know to know if our initial statement in the game we played earlier was true or false. Right. Cool. I think if there's any big takeaway from this, it's that... It can be helpful for any of us just to be more conscious of where our knowledge comes from. It's not just the fact that we have the knowledge, but it's also important how we got that knowledge. Right. And then we can move on to trying to understand how credible that knowledge is or how much we can rely on it. Which is why you need to know how you got the knowledge. You could say that something is true or false, but if you don't know why it's true or false, doesn't help you a whole lot but that's an an entirely new episode as we were saying in our intro episode we're laying down the rules now if you have any questions or comments please reach out to us but until next time think about thinking thanks for listening to the language game So the language game is not meant to be an academic resource. It should be known that we're not experts on these subjects. We're just a couple of guys who are talking about language, talking about philosophy, hopefully providing some thought-provoking content. In a way, we want to mess up because the only way we can correct our mistakes is to know that our mistakes are there in the first place. We encourage you to go do your own research and we'll provide some links in our description. And if you have any questions or comments, about any of the content then feel free to reach out to us go ahead tell us we're wrong please we want it the language game is recorded and produced by original content creators timothy chartier and scott brady at home with love We'd like to give a special thanks to our dear friends Ryan, Cody, James, and Max who helped us with the soundtrack. And also to our friends and family who've encouraged us to the creation of this podcast. Thanks. Otherly? Did I just say otherly?